Chris Hipkins is with us. Very good morning. Good morning. Right. Ooh, bit nasal. A little bit nasal still. Yeah, still a bit nasal, but I'm on the mend bike. I'm feeling a lot better today than I was yesterday, so uh, that's a good sign. Your worst, your worst day yesterday, and out of 10, 10 you wanted to die, one you were ready to bounce out of the room. What was your score? Oh, uh, probably sort of somewhere around a six or a seven, I think. But um, yeah, certainly feeling a lot better today. And your COVID, the first, this is your first or second round? Second go round. I got I got COVID relatively early in the piece. It must have been around April last year, and uh, I haven't had it since then. So, and a lot of people around me have had it since then. I've managed to dodge it until until just now. It was a campaign trail, I think, that did me in. Yeah. Do you think you've started a cluster? Uh, certainly, I know that there's a number of people around me who've also been on the campaign trail who uh, have picked it up. I suspect they picked it up at the same time that I did. And the um, sausage rolls, do you regret your diet? Uh, well, certainly my diet hasn't helped uh, <laughs> in, the last, in the last few weeks. I'm looking forward to a bit more exercise once I'm out of here. What you need is zinc. Are you taking zinc? I haven't been taking zinc. I've been a lot of lot of power eight, um, yep. a little bit of Barocca and some. Uh, I'd know, get on the fruit. zinc. Get on the zinc as soon yeah. as you can. It boosts your immunity. Okay, I'll. I'll that well, you don't have tonight. to follow that advice, but I mean, I'm on the zinc, and I'm <laughs> I, I, I've done okay. Now, as far, are you in a hotel? I am. Yeah, I was in a hotel when I got the, the uh, positive test results. So I basically just stayed here. So, where are you located? Are you in Auckland or Wellington? I'm in Auckland, yeah. Now, if I, if I was in Wellington, I would have tried to make it home, but I didn't want to try and uh, you know, get all the way home to Wellington. Because well, Elizabeth Kerry Kerry did that, of course, know. as the Green Party spokesman with the uh, being a close contact, and that's against the rules. Do you, if you had felt well and got COVID, would you have still isolated for five days? Uh, look, I, I mean, I was clearly symptomatic, clearly going to be spreading it to other people if I'd gone out and about on the campaign trail. So um, I think following the, the guidance, which we've issued, which is, you know, stay out of circulation for five days, um, I think that's the responsible thing to do. You know, on the campaign trail, it's not like you're, you're just sort of going and sitting in the corner somewhere. You're actually out meeting people when, you know, the potential to infect a lot of people quite quickly is there. Mm. If you've got COVID and you head out on the campaign trail with it. Exactly. Have you got all your boosters and stuff or not? Uh, as far as, yes, I, I got my booster earlier in the year. Well, I got mine in conjunction with the flu jab, like many New Zealanders did earlier in the year. You're disappointed then you got it? Oh, of course. Yeah, I'd much rather be out on the campaign trail right now, but uh, it's one of those things that you can't control, unfortunately. No, that's true. Now, this is the part where I stop being nice to you and the interview begins. Are you ready? I was just wondering when that was going to happen, Mike. So, yeah, good. <laughs> I was... you, were, you were being uncharacteristically kind. I was starting to get a bit... Well, exactly. I didn't. I didn't want to bowl you over too early with it. Now, listen. The, the explain to me the supermarket idea. Apart from being, what is it you're actually offering? What we want to do is make sure we get some more competition into the supermarket sector. So we've said that we'll work with a third or a fourth player um, who wants to enter the supermarket sector, whether it involves regulatory change, whether it involves um, you know uh, potential financing options. We actually just think that we need more competition. Uh, and at the moment, that, that's clearly not happening. It's not going to happen without government intervention. And so we're saying, well, let's let's look at all of the options for how government could support there being more competition between the supermarkets. And when you say financial options, what do you mean? A loan or you would be a stakeholder in the supermarket? I'd say, I mean, it would depend on what a, a, you know, a new player into the supermarket industry was looking for. I, I, I don't think it would be in the form of a grant. I think it would be much more like a loan or, you know, um, financing for establishment and so on. But 
if it was Aldi, for example, as opposed to me, would you go? This is, I'm, I'm asking about sort of corporate welfare here, and this is your, your climate change thing with New Zealand Steel. If a major player comes into the country and go, we're only going to come into the country if you uh, you help us out. Those sort of people still could be helped out, even though they're large and corporate and successful. Oh, look, if we could get a company like Aldi coming into New Zealand, that would be massive for New Zealand consumers because it would bring real competition to New Zealand's supermarket sector in a way that we've not seen in decades. Um, so I'd leave all options on the table if we could find a way of getting them to come into the country because it would actually mean that New Zealand consumers would be significantly better off and the, you know, the, the prices that we pay at the supermarket would likely go down as a result. So, so you would, that's corporate welfare though? What I'm saying to those uh, to, you know, to big companies like Aldi is if they want to come to New Zealand uh, and they want to come and talk to us about what it's going to take to get them to come to New Zealand, I'm, my phone is absolutely, you know, I'm, I'm happy to take their call. Yeah. Uh, we think that it would be really good for New Zealand consumers. Okay. Ruapehu Alpine Lifts, how many more times can they come back to you and get another cheque written for them? Um, I don't think we should be in a position where we're indefinitely subsidising Ruapehu Alpine Lifts. I do think that we, you know, we recognise that it's a massive part of the economy in that part of the central North Island. Uh, a lot of jobs depend on it, not just those who are on the ski fields, but you know, there's a lot of people um, whose livelihoods depend on Ruapehu operating. Um, I want to try and see if we can get something sorted for next winter so that it stands on its own two feet by next winter. Um, in the event that we can't achieve that, then you know, there will have to be a limit to the amount of uh, you know, support the government provides. And you're not ruling out yet more money because just Stuart Nash on the first or second tranche, I can't remember which one, said there is no more, this is it, until, of course, you wrote um, another cheque. We, the support we agreed to yesterday gets them through to the start of the next winter season or you know, preparations for the next winter season. I think if we haven't found a way for them to stand on their own two feet in a more sustainable way by then, uh, I don't think that there is scope for further government support at that point. But this, you know, we recognise that you know through the summer season, uh, given that they're already in distress, trying to keep themselves afloat during the summer summer period when they don't have the skiers on the mountain would be very difficult. So some support to get them through um, to mean that you know to see whether next winter can be a viable option for them, I think is 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 responsible. Um, but I think beyond that, we're certainly not in the business of subsidising a you know a loss making ski field operation if they can't find a way to make it sustainable. The first home partner scheme, which you've suspended, and you've suspended because the demand went up 450%, why would you expand a program, watch the demand go up, presumably exactly what you wanted by expanding the program, and then stop it? Well, we haven't suspended it. All we've said is that the number of spaces available at the moment have been fully, fully subscribed. Oh. I certainly wouldn't rule out extending it further in the future. Uh, but the goal was to get more home buyers in the market. We're seeing record numbers of first home buyers in the market now. Um, this program is one of the things. Uh, it's only a part of it that's oversubscribed. Other parts of the program are still available. Um, and, you know, we do want to support more first home buyers in the market. So in the future, you know, after the election, when we're in a position to do that, uh, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't, you know, discount the possibility that we'd expand it further. And what's happened to the equitable transition strategy? You've delayed its strategy. Uh, th- this is to help struggling households manage the cost of shifting to a low-carbon economy. Uh, and you've, you've, if you haven't suspended that, you've delayed it. Why? Um, well, I don't agree that, that if you if you look at what we've been doing as a government, we've been very much focused on ensuring that households can 
transition to a lower carbon economy. You know, we, we in fact, with much criticism from many people, we, we kept the price of fuel artificially low for a period of time in order to help some of those low-income households with uh, with a cost of the transition. Um, with, with the clean car discount that we've got in place is helping to bring more electric vehicles into the market. Now, I acknowledge that for lower-income households, they'll benefit from that when those vehicles hit the second-hand market rather than when they're in the brand-new car market. Um, but there's a lot that we're doing that's making life easier for people who are making that transition. Yeah, the government ran some workshops apparently in March, originally going to publish a draft for consultation in June before releasing a final strategy in June next year. That draft's now being delayed to allow time for further consideration. Barbara Edmonds is blaming the weather. Uh, cost of living, I don't know what either of them have got to do with anything, and that's thrown up, quote-unquote, a range of issues we need to examine. What does all that mean? Oh, well, I mean, I think the government releasing further you know, strategies and discussion documents right now in the middle of an election campaign is probably not going to add much. Um, the Labour Party's put out its uh, policy for the election, which does include continuing to support households with the transition to a lower carbon economy. And we've got a number of ideas in there around how we do that, including keeping the clean car discount, which is making a difference, including supporting households particularly focused on lower income households with home insulation and putting in heat pumps and so on, because that actually makes a real difference to their power bills and their energy usage patterns. Um, and so we'll keep doing that. So we've, we've set out a Labour Party policy, um, and as a government, after the election, we'll continue the work on the you know the official government documents. Have you seen the 2023 NCEA literacy and numeracy assessments out this morning? Um, yeah, I've, I've seen a summary of them, and you know it, it highlights the reason why I, as Minister of Education, introduced these uh, requirements in the first place, because for a long time, literacy and numeracy um, has not been where we need it to be. We've now got more, much more objective measures of it, because mm. I introduced these assessments, and a few years ago, they didn't even exist. Well, the measurements show, show we're going backwards. Why are we going backwards? Well, they can't show we're going backwards, given we never used to previously measure it, Mike. Well, from 2022 um, so to 2023, these are the numbers supplied to me by your ministry this morning. Numeracy, 64% passed in 2023 and in 20, uh, sorry, in 2022. And in 2023, 55% passed, minus 8.2. Reading, 67 well, passed last year, 64% this year, minus 3. Well, I, I, there's two things I'd note. One is the sample sizes will be different. This is a relatively new assessment. Well, it's 41,000. It's only been in place for a couple of years, and the reason that I introduced it was that I wasn't... Yeah, but they're still going backwards, Chris. ...literacy and numeracy uh, was being adequately attended to. And I think we do have to acknowledge that all of our kids have really had a disruptive couple of years, and we're going to need to do a lot more to support... How long are you going to blame COVID for, do you reckon? Well, kids, over the last three years, kids have lost a lot of learning time, and so we are seeing that in their assessment. Only because you closed the schools. You didn't have to close the schools. Well, I, I disagree that we didn't. Other countries didn't close right? schools. But the point is we're going right, backwards. When do we start going actually, forwards? Well, we've, we're through the lockdown period now. We're putting, uh, we announced just uh, a couple of days ago, an extra two million hours yes. of additional tuition to help kids catch up to that lost learning time. Um, these are things that we can do that will actually help to get those kids back on track with their learning. Um, their, their lost learning time has had an impact, and we need to make sure that we're helping them to catch up again. Okay, I'll see you in the studio Monday. You good to go? I can't think of a better way to start the week than two hours in the studio with you on a Monday morning, Mike. I'm looking forward to it. Couldn't agree more. Chris Hipkins out of ISO. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.